Chapter Three of the Wild Irishman by Thomas William Hodgson, T. W. H. Crossland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Three. Larney. Larney has come to mean a certain adroitness and winningness of speech supposed to be peculiar to the Irish. If an Irishman opens his mouth, the English and Scotch insist on assuming that they are being treated to Blarney. The persons who affect Messrs. Cook's tours hang on to the words of every Irishman they meet, particularly if he be a Jarvey, and wait lovingly and with bated breath for the same phenomenon. There are no snakes in Ireland, and said to relate there is very little Blarney. Broadly speaking, the people seem too poverty-stricken and too apathetic for talk of any kind, much less for the sprightly loquacity and skilfulness of retort which we call Blarney. The Irish Jarvey, who is commonly believed to be an adept in the art, is just as much a disappointment as the London cabby. Even in the noble city of Dublin, you find as a rule that you are being driven by a dull, flea-bitten, porter-full person who has really not two words to say for himself that he is a daring and reckless driver i am quite willing to admit that he has a passion for stout and whiskey goes without saying but that he is a wit or a humorist or a wheedling talker or in any sense gifted above ordinary hack drivers i deny in the smaller centres of population and in the country districts he is even duller and more flea-bitten and more taciturn when he tries to charge you treble fare which is his usual practice he does it with a snap and gracelessly as a pointer out of local monuments he lacks both salt and information he has no gift for entertainment and he drinks sullenly and with a careful eye on the clock as for the irish waiters grooms handymen railway porters and kindred creatures of whose powers of humorous persuasion and repartee so much has been written i have no hesitation in pronouncing them to be a sad uncertain curt fiddle-faced company with scarcely a smile or the materials for a smile among them their conversation is monosyllabic their manner barely civil their apprehensions slow and their habits slack and perfunctory and they are about as blarnified as the trafalgar square lions of the peasantry i could only say that cheerfulness whether of notion or word is not nowadays their strong point they have a great way of saying your honour to you if you are a man and your ladyship's honour if you are a woman but after that the amount of blarney to be got out of them is infinitesimal grinding poverty short commons a solitary life on some dreary mountainside and a fine view of the workhouse do not tend to sharpen the irish tongue any more than they sharpen the irish wit on the whole therefore i am inclined to think that nearly all of blarney that should be in ireland has for some reason or other taken unto itself wings and flown away the people are no longer racy of the soil even the gentry who once had the credit of being roguish and devil-may-care to a fault are become sad and sombre and flat of speech 
the milk of human kindness in the irish blood appears in short to have gone sour and in place of the old disposition of humour we have a tendency to cynicism and vituperative remark and when an irishman turns cynic or vituperator he takes a wonderful deal of beating as witness the utterances in parliament and elsewhere of that choice body of gentlemen known as the irish party or the proceedings of the dublin corporation or the lucubrations of the irish press a singular exhibition of this particular irish weakness has quite lately been offered us by no less a person than mr samuel m hussey who i believe rather prides himself on having been described as the best abused man in ireland of mr gladstone mr hussey writes as follows if napoleon was the scourge of europe mr gladstone was the most malevolent imp of mischief that ever ruined any one country i heard him introduce the motion the land act of eighteen eighty one in the house of commons and his speech was a truly marvellous feat of oratory he was interrupted on all sides of the house and in a speech of nearly five hours in length never once lost the thread of his discourse as far as i could judge he never even by accident let slip one word of truth to do them justice the irish members gave such an exhibition of blackguardism as has no parallel on earth though it earned but the mildest rebuke from their obsequious ally mr gladstone mr gladstone considered that if you gave a scoundrel a vote it made him a philanthropist whereas events proved it made him an eager accessory of murder outrage and every other crime it is only fair to mr hussey to say that he himself has received as good as he gives for example an irish demagogue once treated him to the following sam hussey is a vulture with a broken beak and he laid his voracious talents on the conscience of the voters booze the ugly scowl of sam hussey came down upon them he wanted to try the influence of his dark nature on the poor people groans where was the legitimate influence of such a man was it in the white terror he diffused was it not the espionage the network of spies with which he surrounded his lands he denied that a man who managed property had for that reason a shadow of a shade of influence to justify him in asking a tenant for his vote what had they to thank him for a voice rack rents they knew the man from his boyhood from his gossoonhood he knew him when he began with a collop of sheep at his property in the world laughter long before he got god's mark on him it was not the man's fault but his misfortune that he got no education laughter he had in that parish schoolmasters who could teach him grammar for the next ten years the man was in fact a uriah heap among kerry landlords cheers here surely is blarney with a vengeance among a people which was otherwise than glib of expression such writing and such oratory would be difficult to evolve when presumably cultivated men for mr hussey's assailant in this instance was a priest 
allow themselves to indulge in such childish objurgation what wonder is it that the commonality should be found to have lost their sense in what is proper to decent speech and reasonable argument the demagogues of ireland have indubitably gone a great way toward ruining the native taste and innate good breeding of the irish people like the halfpenny papers of england they have made their fortunes and their power by the degradation of the masses it is possible that the poverty of the country left them absolutely without other weapons wherewith to fight the haughty national enemy england it is certain that without these demagogues and without their raging and blistering words and the foul and brutal actions which frequently followed them landlordism in ireland would never have been scotched as it is the landlord has been put in his place and the chances of the natural heirs of the soil have been greatly enhanced no drastic revolution of this kind can be brought about without loss even to the winning side and in my opinion not the least of the losses of the winning side in this matter has been the transformation of blarney into flatness and combination under the heels of the tyrant the irish people retained their faculty for mirth and mirthful speech the exhortations of the demagogue and the agitator have brought them freedom opportunity and a distinct abatement of spirits as the world goes one is now compelled to reckon ireland in the same category that one reckons those innocuous islets named man and white there is no more devil in the isle of dogs than all ireland is for the moment in a position to show it is not ireland's fault and it is not england's fault it is the horrible fault of the nature of things whatever has happened in the past has happened because nothing better nor worse could in the nature of things have happened what will happen in the future remains to be seen it may be peace and the rehabilitation of a kindly lively and interesting people it may be peace and the dullest sorts of apathy and decay in any case it will be peace the times which after this saturday review is admittedly the least consistent journal published on this footstool has frequently been reproved over the mouth for remarking years ago that in a short time a catholic celt will be as rare on the banks of the shannon as a red indian on the shores of manhattan this in effect was prophecy though it is a hundred to one that the times did not know it if the resilient and recuperative powers of the irish people have not been destroyed there is hope for the irish people in ireland if those powers have been destroyed there is no hope for the irish people in ireland blarney even of the recuperative order will go entirely out and the low scotch will come entirely in i will do the low scotch the credit of saying that if they had their way and no irish catholics to contend with they could make ireland a highly successful business proposition inside a quarter of a century whether they will ever get the chance is on the knees of the gods for my own part and this is not blarney i hope sincerely that they never will end of chapter 3 recording by john brandon